welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of cutting-edge waste removal technology. Nice. I'm Paul Brasson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today we're talking about Japanese toilets, some of the most technologically advanced toilets in the world. Absolutely. Actually, it's probably not even fair to say some of the most. I mean, Japan, I don't think there's any other country that produces such high-tech toilets. Yeah, I doubt it. Japanese toilets were one of the things I didn't know about when I went to Japan. Mm. So it was one of the pleasant surprises. There was a lot of stuff I knew I was going to see and experience, but uh, the toilets weren't on my list. Yeah. But I was blown away. Yeah, you come across them pretty quick. I remember my first time to Japan, I got into my hotel room, now like, look at this awesome toilet. <laughs> so yeah, if you're visiting Japan, you'll see a wide variety of toilet types. Some of them are squat toilets. You actually need to squat over them. Sometimes you'll see normal Western toilets, just like what you might have at home. But a lot of them are super high tech. They're going to have buttons all over them. So many features, you don't even know what to do. Yeah, all the buttons. You start pressing things and see what happens. <laughs> That's one way to go about it. <laughs> and actually, most of the toilets in Japan are bidet toilets. They actually have a bidet built into them. Should we define a bidet? I mean, there might be people listening that have never seen or heard of a bidet. Yeah, we sh definitely should. Go for it. Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm putting it on you. So bidet sprays water at your butt to clean it. That is what they do. And genitals. Female genitals, generally. I mean, you could spray it at your male genitals you if, had. if you were into that. If that you does something for you. Sweaty pair or something, yeah. I don't know. But so in Europe, you know, they have standalone bidets that aren't attached to the toilet. But in Japan, they're actually built into the toilet. And as of March 2016, 81% of Japanese households had at least one of these fancy toilets installed. That's a crazy high percentage. Yeah. That's like everyone. Yeah. The leading toilet brand in Japan is called Toto. T-O-T-O. -O. Yep. And I learned something new about Toto today. What's that? In my research. Toto is an abbreviation of Toyotoki. Oh. Oriental Ceramics. Interesting. what that means. I was wondering how they got that name. Yeah, me too. It always reminded me of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, they're centered out of Kitakyushu. Learned that in our Kyushu episode because they've got a big museum of toilets there. Mm -hmm. So check that out if you're ever stopping through Kitakyushu. Mm -hmm. Over. Two million toilets per year are manufactured in Japan. How many? Two million. Wow. That's a lot of toilets. It is a lot of toilets. For about a hundred million population or so. Yeah. Like how many households would that be, you know? Well, there's public toilets, there's true private toilets and businesses, there's toilets in everybody's house. Yeah, there are a lot of toilets. Yeah. So one of Toto's lines of bidet toilets are called washlets. And that word has become genericized to the point where people around the world commonly refer to any bidet toilet as a washlet, no matter what brand it's from. Yeah. It's like your mom saying, oh, nice iPad on everything that's not an iPad. <laughs> yeah. Or, hey, hand me a Kleenex. Yeah. Yep. Kleenex is just a brand name. They innovated and they must have done a great job with marketing because mm -hmm. they just won. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the vast majority of these types of toilets that I've seen are Toto. Yeah, I Toto think they have washes. over 50% of the market. 
Yeah, easily. That's impressive. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the history of toilets in Japan, talk about the many types of Japanese toilets, and their many mind-blowing features. I mean, it gets crazy. Yeah. I was listing features in my notes, and it's like, there's so many. It never ends. <laughs> they do everything. Yeah. You'll find out. All right, so let's talk about the history of toilets in Japan. Okay. There's actually a lot of history about toilets in Japan. Yep. People have been going to the bathroom for a long time. So the oldest I could find dates back to the Jomon period, which is before the Yayoi culture arrived, before rice growing came to Japan. They lived in horseshoe-shaped settlements, which I knew, with a central plaza in the middle. But I didn't know is they had garbage heaps around the outside of the settlement. And inside these heaps, archaeologists have found calcified fecal remains, indicating that the garbage dumps were also used as toilets. Yep. Which makes sense. Just go to the edge of camp and do your business. Yeah. I'm sure there are places in the world that still basically do that. You just go to where people aren't living and you do your thing. Absolutely. So yeah, that was... Like 1400 BCE to 300 BCE, somewhere around that time period. The earliest sewer systems in Japan are from the Yayoi period, which came next, starting at 300 BCE to about 250 CE. And these were developed in larger settlements, and they probably had some sort of actual toilet to sit on in addition to having the sewer system underneath it. Yeah. I saw the Nara period which was uh, 710 to 784, there was a drainage system created in Nara, which was the capital at the time, that had about 10 to 15 centimeter wide streams that would run through town that you could just squat over and do your business and it would just float away in the little stream. Pretty ingenious. Yeah. And that seems to have caught on a bit too. There are examples in other parts of Japan where toilets were built over streams. Yeah. Yeah, I saw there was a... Famous one at Akita Castle, where they diverted a little part of the stream to like run over under this toilet and just wash your waste away. Smart. But pit toilets were still more common. Yeah, for everyday people. Yeah, we're just talking holes in the ground that you do your thing into. Yep. And they were common because they were easy to build and you could collect the feces to use as fertilizer. Yeah, that was a very common practice in Japan. Yeah. Uh, to fertilize with. Until surprisingly recently. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought it was hilarious that uh, the waste of rich people sold for a higher price than uh, the waste of everyone else because the rich people had a better diet yeah. and therefore more nutritious waste, I guess. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Something I never thought about before. Yeah, more desirable poo. You act like your poo's worth its weight in gold. It is. <laughs> Gross. So, back in the days before toilet paper, what did they do, right? I saw they used seaweed sometimes, dried seaweed used yeah. for cleaning your bum. Also, wooden sticks. That one sounds not as pleasant. You're right. That doesn't sound fun. Using a stick. They called those chugi. <laughs> <laughs> it 
the name. That it's really, fun it word. just fits. Yeah. We're grabbed by Chugi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a good word for it. It was the first time I'd said it out loud, but yeah. Yeah. And I actually saw when I went to Fukuoka, the castle ruins there, they have a little museum there that shows like how they were excavating the area and they found a pit in the ground with a bunch of those sticks in there. Oh, like, wow. They had pictures of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being the archaeologist finding that. What an amazing find. But you know what they used them for and you're like, uh... Let me put my gloves on. (laughs) Yeah, pretty crazy. By the Edo period, which began in the 1600s, people started wiping with toilet paper, but at the time it was made of traditional Japanese paper, or washi, Mm -hmm. which is uh, relatively rough compared to the toilet paper of today. Uh, Better than a stick. Yeah. (laughs) Paul, did you read about what they were doing in Okinawa? No. What were they doing there? The toilet would be attached to the pig pen and the pigs would eat the human waste. Oh, come on. Yeah. Oh. And this was banned as unhygienic. Guess when it was banned as unhygienic. Knowing from all the other history of toilets that I've researched, I'm going to probably say 1945 by the American government. It was after World War II by the American authorities. Yep. Yep. They changed quite a few things. They did. Thankfully, they changed that one, too. Yeah. So, I mean, saying stuff like that almost makes it seem like hygiene was bad in Japan, but actually partly due to the fact that they collected and sold human waste, the cities in Japan were far more clean and hygienic than any cities in Europe at the time Hmm. because... They had this symbiotic relationship where they packaged and shipped the waste from the cities out to the farmland. Uh, where in like London at the time, they were just throwing their poo everywhere. Yeah, it would just sit around, right? Yeah. I actually just watched a video the other day about sewer systems in London. I don't know why, but it was interesting. And uh, they just assumed everything they'd flush into the Thames would run out. But something to do with the way the tides work, the Thames goes back and forth. So their poo never ran away and it all just kept building and building and building until it became so bad that everyone within a few miles of the river would just start throwing up whenever the wind started blowing that way. I feel like I've heard about some like sewer crises. There was like the great stink of like 1850 something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. And it only got better when parliament moved into their new residence right next to the Thames within two weeks, they passed a bill funding a new sewer system because they had to smell it. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works. Yeah. And they had all those horses people were riding around. Like there was so much. I'm so glad that'd be like the worst time in human history to live. I feel like smelly. Yeah. One of the first Western visitors to Edo is said to have expressed his shock to see such a clean city. Wow. Like he couldn't believe it. That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Well, modern sewage systems started to be built in Japan starting in 1884. At the beginning of the 1900s, Western-style toilets and urinals started to appear in Japan, but they didn't really become super widespread until after World War II because of the American occupation. Yeah. I did read that after the Great Kanto Earthquake, which I think was 1923, 
they did build some more plumbing and sewers in Tokyo because of outbreaks of disease afterwards because of all the waste in the city. But yeah, like you said, it didn't really take off. It didn't really spread all throughout the country until after World War II. After World War II, the population really exploded too. So they needed to take care of like, we need to build sewers. We need to do something with all these people in the cities. Yeah. Meanwhile, let's just pan over to Switzerland for a second. Okay. The first toilet seat with an integrated bidet was produced in 1957 in Switzerland. So just hold on to that for a second. Well, that'll come up what, soon. What year was that? 1957. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Swiss. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Pan back over to Japan. 1977. That's the year. The year that Western style toilets exceeded the sales of traditional squat toilets in Japan for the first time. Yeah. And we're going to go into more detail soon about those squat toilets and what those are all about. But the first high-tech bidet toilet in Japan was the Toto Washlet G series. Very fancy name. Yep. It was introduced in 1980 based on the toilets from Switzerland. There we go. We came full circle. <laughs> and by 2002, almost half of all Japanese households had a high-tech toilet even more than the number of households that had a personal computer. Yep. More common to find a high-tech toilet than a PC in Japan. Mm -hmm. Pretty amazing. <laughs> so ever since, Japanese toilets have continued to become more and more high-tech. And don't worry, we're going to get to the features in a bit. Yep. So let's talk about some of the different types of toilets in Japan. I think we should probably start with the traditional squat toilet. Definitely. Because a lot of Western people, I think, aren't going to know what that is. Mm -hmm. This is the oldest type of toilet that you'll see in Japan these days. And it's known as washiki, which translates to Japanese style. Wa is Japan. Shiki is style. Okay. And the style is pretty common throughout Asia. It's not just a Japan thing. And basically, it looks like a small urinal that's set in the floor, and you squat over it. Yep. You squat facing the... Uh, hood. The hood, the part that comes up a little bit. Yeah, like what you would... It would be like the bowl of a urinal if it were, you know, right side up on the yeah. wall. I didn't really know what a squat toilet was the first time I encountered one. Yeah. And I didn't know. What did you do? I, that's what I was trying to figure out, like... <laughs> Which way do I go? Yeah. I think I got it right. Okay. I think I got it right facing the hood. But I think I tried like both ways and was like, this doesn't seem right. Let me try the other way. <laughs> yeah. I uh, also, rookie mistake, I kept my phone in my pocket and that almost fell into uh, the toilet. So I learned, take your phone out before you squat. Yeah. You got to be careful. If you're not used to having your pants down around your ankles and squatting, a lot of things could go wrong if you're not careful. Yeah. I try not to be picky, but I found it just like hard to use and uncomfortable. It is hard to use. And, you know, one of the reasons that makes it really hard for Americans, especially, or maybe non-Asian people, is that... You got to squat. Yeah, we do not squat nearly as often, and we don't have the same ability to squat. If you go on YouTube and you look up videos of like... Just look up like Asian squat or something like that. You'll find videos 
where they go around and they ask Asian people, people actually living in Asia, to go down into a squat. And they can do it no problem, and it's totally comfortable, and they could just sit like that for a long time. And then they go ask an American to do that, and it's like they, they can't even get as low. They just start falling over. And from what I saw, the reasoning for that is that since in Asia people sit on the floor a lot, it like stretches the muscles in their legs to the point that it's really easy to get in a low squat like that. Okay. I can do the flat-footed squat, but it's like I'm holding myself up in that position. Like it's not comfortable. It takes a lot of energy to stay in that position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not, uh, I'm just not flexible enough in that way or something. Yeah, it's tough. I remember getting a little help because sometimes there'll be a little bar in front of you for you to hold on to. Oh, that sounds nice. They're probably made for senior citizens, but it helped me too. Yeah, helps helps a Westerner too. Yeah, but still, even with that, it's like, it just takes a lot of work to stay in that position for a long time. I didn't know what I was doing. I had trouble like getting my pants out of the way. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, they work, they work. Yeah. So, you know. The little shallow trough collects your waist, and mm-hmm. then you flush, and it washes it away. Yep. There's sometimes two different flush modes, a small flush or a large flush, depending on what business you're doing. Mm-hmm. There might be a button for flushing or a sensor that you place your hand in front of or a foot pedal. They can kind of come in a lot of different forms. But the big and small flush, that's, that's not just a squat toilet thing. That applies to all toilets in Japan. The difference is the amount of water that is actually being used to flush whatever's in there. Yeah. But most of the time, the big and small flushes are only indicated by the kanji for big and small. So if you're not familiar with those, but you still want to save the planet and not use more water than you need, maybe look those up. They look a little bit similar, but a little you, bit. you can tell them apart. Yeah, if you know what you're looking for. So where are you likely to find a squat toilet. For me, it was a train station, my first encounter. Yeah, usually like smaller train stations, I'd say. Yeah, it was like an older train station. Mm-hmm. Often at schools and temples, apparently. How many schools have you been to? None in Japan, actually. <laughs> but that's sure. what I read. I wasn't sure if you had personal experience just <laughs> skulking around schools or something. Um, Maybe, but let's not talk about that. Oh, my. <laughs> no. Uh, it would be interesting to see a school in Japan, but yeah, I think I went to a college. They had like a book sale in a college yeah, I walked by. in Kyoto. We were there together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've technically been to a college yeah. in Japan. Didn't use the bathroom though. Nope, nope. So who knows? <laughs> but yeah, in older places, older public places is where you're more likely to find those. Yeah. Some parks, I've seen them there. Yeah. Um, But even those types of places, a lot of times they'll have squat toilets and Western toilets so you can choose. Yeah, a lot of places will have both. Speaking of Western style toilets, let's talk a little bit about those. Yeah, typical flush toilet with a pedestal to sit on, as you would find in the Western world. Yep, that's what I'm used to. Those are known as yoshiki in Japan. Western style is what that means. And yeah, they're basically identical to what you'd see in the West, except for the big and little flush options. Yeah, some people find them easier to use, especially if you're getting old. I think it's harder for some of the elderly people to squat. Yeah. It's more comfortable for them to use a toilet they can sit on. Yeah. There is one other difference, though, that you'll sometimes see. 
Paul, have you ever seen a Western style of toilet in Japan with a sink built into the top of it? Uh, not that I recall. I've seen just a couple, I think, but they're pretty cool. So when you flush, you know, the water comes down from the tank and flushes the bowl and then the water, fresh water comes to refill the tank. That's how it normally works. But with these ones, that fresh water that's refilling the tank comes out of a little faucet on top of the toilet into a little sink. So you can use that fresh water to wash your hands and then it gets reused to flush the toilet the next time. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah. Save a little bit of water. Yeah. Pretty good idea. Yeah. So let's get into the good stuff now. The washlets or the advanced Japanese toilets. The super high-tech Japanese bidet toilets? Yep, that's the one. Yeah. So washlets, that word is a trademark of Toto. Well, you'll hear it used to refer to all these like I mentioned earlier. And the washlets can come in a lot of different forms, actually. Sometimes the washlet is just a seat attachment. It just sits on top of a normal Western toilet. Or you can see washlets that are the entire toilet. Yep. And there are a lot of different models with a lot of different features. But generally, they look a lot like Western toilets. They'll just have a lot of buttons and stuff and a little control panel. Yeah, some of the control panels are even wireless. So it can just like be on the wall next to you, not even like attached to the toilet, just yeah. in a comfortable, comfortable place to, to press the buttons. Mm-hmm. So we should talk about the bidet, because that's probably the most common feature for these types of things. Yeah, they're integrated into the toilet. So a little pencil-sized nozzle comes out from underneath the toilet seat and squirts water upwards. At the precise angle required yeah, to if, hit where it needs to hit. They did a lot of R&D to get that angle just right. 43 degrees apparently is the answer. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> the little nozzle is self-cleaning between each use, which mm-hmm. is awesome. It is awesome. Very sanitary. You can often adjust the water temperature or pressure depending on how advanced your toilet is. Mm-hmm. And there's a pressure sensor most of the time that can sense if somebody's sitting there so it doesn't just start spraying everywhere when there's not somebody sitting there. Yeah, I heard that foreigners especially would just like play with the buttons and like be surprised that that happened and then they (laughs) would jump up and then it would start spraying all over the bathroom. (laughs) I can imagine So they put in the, the sensor. Yeah. So did you talk about the two settings, the angles? Uh, No. Well, I guess we we mentioned it briefly at the beginning, but you know you might want to spray at two different places. Yeah, you sure. one that's aiming at your anus, mm-hmm. and one that might aim at your feminine genitals. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So you choose which. I was surprised the first time I sat down. There were like four pressure settings, from like just a little bit to like probably way too hard. <laughs> I think most of the ones I saw had like a continuously variable knob. Oh, wow. Like there aren't different buttons, there's just a knob, so you can, you can really dial it in just right. <laughs> dial it in. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that high-end washlets might even have options for vibrating or pulsating jets of water. Yep. They're supposed to be good for constipation and hemorrhoids. And some of them mix soap in with the water for that extra clean. Pretty fancy. Heated blow dryers are available on some bottles. Yeah. <laughs> How totally, is that? Totally hands-free. Yeah. 
You never have to touch anything yourself. Your toilet just takes care of all the cleaning for you. Yeah. If you don't have the blow dryer, though, you're going to have to dry yourself off with some toilet paper. I've seen there, there are a lot of different preferences that people might have for how to use a bidet. Some people might wipe before and then spray and then pat to dry, or you might wipe before and after, or maybe only after using the water. Yep. Kind of depends. Everyone's got their own little style. Yep. So a heated seat is extremely common. There might even be a, another temperature control for the seat. You can dial that in. And a lot of Japanese homes lack central heating when they tend to use space heaters. So the bathroom sometimes, you know, being a separate room can be really, really cold. So I imagine sitting on that hot toilet seat in like a cold room probably feels really good. It'd be a lot better than an ice cold toilet seat. Yeah. When I, as a Westerner, when I think about a hot toilet seat, it's a bad thing because that means like someone was just sitting there for a long time and it feels gross. Yeah. But that is not the case in Japan. Yeah. I think my brain's still kind of connected to that idea, though. Like, it still feels really weird to me to sit on a heated toilet seat. It depends. Like, if it's the toilet in my hotel room and I, like, know nobody else has used it, then it, like, feels nice. I don't know. Personally, I kind of like the feeling of a cold toilet seat just because it it feels refreshing after you've been all locked into these, (laughs) you know, sweaty pants for a long time. Yeah, you're a bit of a sweater, you know. Sweating right now. Uh, well, there's actually some seats that blow air conditioning below the seat for those hot summer days. Mm-hmm. That one I haven't experienced myself, but wow. I haven't seen those either. What but a feature. Yeah. They finally <laughs> figured out a cure for swamp butt. Yeah. Amazing. The, the toilet might have an automatic lid that yeah. opens and closes for you. Yep. And some of them, this is amazing, they will detect... If you're planning on using it sitting or standing, so it can detect whether you're facing it, in which case it will raise the lid and the seat so you can pee in there. Mm -hmm. Or if you're facing away from it, it will detect that and only raise the lid so that you can sit down on the seat. Yep. Amazing. And then it can base how uh, much water it uses in the flush on that as well. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. That's cool. And even if the lid isn't automatic, they pretty much always have a soft close lid, which yeah. means like it's not just going to slam down like these basic, boring, crappy American toilets. I hate the toilets we have now after yeah. doing all this research. Yeah. Some of them play music to relax the user, allow for an easier evacuation. Yeah, supposed to relax the sphincter. I'm sure they did a bunch of research on what music is best for relaxing the sphincter. I think it was classical that they end up playing a lot. Nice. <laughs> uh, some of them have uh, ozone deodorant that quickly eliminates smells. Pretty amazing. Yep. They might flush automatically. That's not too uncommon. Yeah. Um, they might be self-cleaning. I would love that because I hate cleaning toilets and I almost never do it, to be honest. Yeah. I saw some of them, instead of the water just coming straight down into the bowl, they shoot the water like sideways along the top mm. at a high speed so that it like rotates down around the bowl and like cleans it off as it goes. Nice. Some toilets are made with a germ-resistant surface and germ-killing UV lights. 
to activate when the lid is closed. <laughs> oh, man. So cool. Wow. How much stuff can they pack in there? Where's the space for all this stuff? Electronics keep getting smaller and smaller. It's incredible. Okay. This is pretty high tech. The latest models remember at what times of day the toilet is normally used, and then they'll go into a power saving mode when they don't expect to be used. Yep. That's, uh, that's awesome. They're saving energy, and they are also very water efficient. They only use about a third of the water used by other Western-style toilets. Wow. Mm -hmm. Paul, did you read about the -the glow-in-the-dark toilets? No, what? So you don't have to flip on the light and blind yourself when you wander into the bathroom in the middle of the night. (laughs) Toilets is glowing. (laughs) Wow, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Any more features? Um, There's some cutting-edge stuff. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, I just want to point out that while all these features are super amazing and incredible, it might be a little difficult to figure out how to use them if you don't read Japanese. Usually the text on the control panels for these is in Japanese if you're in Japan. There might be one or two buttons that have English, like maybe the bidet button does, but generally everything's Japanese. Yeah. There might be little pictograms once in a while. Like for the uh, female genitals button, there'll be a little picture of a woman, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that can help a little bit. But if you're, if you're confused and you really want to get the full toilet experience, you can find guides online that will help you figure them out. Just Google Japanese toilet controls, a bunch of stuff out there. Yeah, I did see, uh, I think it was in 2017 or, or so, the toilet companies in Japan. Hold on. The Japan Sanitary Equipment Industry Association, I believe is what you're referring to. Oh, to make it official. Yeah. So they came together and decided we need to standardize the controls and buttons for these things. So they came up with like seven symbols that are going to be universal. So they're all going to look the same. Like you hit this button and it does this. Yeah. They're hoping to make it an international standard. So the whole world can use these amazing toilets without being confused. Yep. Pretty great idea. Yeah, like traffic signs. Like everyone just understands. Let's talk about these future developments. Yeah, they have developed toilets that can measure your blood sugar level based on your urine. Yeah. How wild is that? That's super wild. (laughs) I mean, that could be so useful if you're diabetic, right? Yeah. Like You don't have to prick your finger anymore? Yeah. People, people still do that, right? Yeah. I think there's some systems where you don't have to, but a lot of people, I think, still do. Yeah. They're also developing toilets that can measure your pulse, your blood pressure, your body fat. <laughs> yeah. Just by sitting on it, I guess. Like, there must be sensors in the seat itself. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And once these toilets gather all your info, they can even send it directly to your doctor. Yeah, Wi-Fi toilet right there. Never even have to go to the doctor. Your toilet can be your proxy. <laughs> oh, I got a I got a little message from your toilet today. Looks like you're healthy. I'll talk to you next year. Yep. Uh, there are talking toilets as well that'll greet you when you enter the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And they're developing toilets that you can talk to, like voice-operated toilets. <laughs> and if you want the comfort and cleanliness of a bidet without having to go find one of these high-tech toilets or buy one for yourself. They're actually battery-operated travel washlets that you can get. And these are already available now. This isn't even a future thing. 
I saw on Toto's website, you can get a handheld one for $177. Yeah. You might have to load your own hot water into it before you use it. It might heat it for you. I think I just saw that you have to just fill the reservoir. Probably depends on what model you get. Yeah. But that's cool. Yep. So what's what are we talking for price range on these things with all these wild features? There's a pretty wide price range because there's such a wide variety of features. Mm-hmm. I saw you can get the most basic off-brand bidet attachments pretty cheap. Like if you just want that bidet, you just want to be sprayed in the butt, $50 or less. I think I saw one on Amazon for like $35. Wow. Yeah. And they're pretty easy to install. They just attach to your existing toilet, but they don't have any other features, just the bidet. If you want a washlet attachment, so this one attaches to your existing toilet, and it's got the bidet and an assortment of other features. Those can be anywhere between two to seven hundred dollars, depending on which features it has. Yeah, I heard like five hundred is pretty common for like you know get yourself a pretty decent nice toilet. Yeah, five hundred. Yep. And again, these just attach to your existing one, but you're also going to need a power outlet probably near the toilet. Absolutely. Which you don't often see in the U.S. You'd have to run a cord in a lot of U.S. bathrooms. Or get one installed. I saw it's about 500 bucks to have an electrician install a, an outlet there. Yeah. If you want to buy the full toilet, you don't want to just attach it onto your crappy toilet. You want like a brand new, top of the line, amazing Japanese toilet. They start at around $1,000, but you can spend up to like $6,000 on these things. Yep. Doesn't surprise me. Worth it. Yeah, totally. If I ever get around to buying a home, I'm 100% getting a Japanese toilet. Yeah. No doubt about it. Totally. I decided years ago. Imagine the resale value that's going to add to your house too. <laughs> yeah. People be touring your home. No, no, just use it. I'll wait outside. Yeah. Just take your time. Yeah. Just mess Have around with all the buttons. You know, they'll come out like 10, 10 minutes later. Or to buy this house. Yeah, we need this house. <laughs> you, you would think that everybody has that attitude, but actually, in general, these haven't really caught on in the U.S. very much. They will. I don't know what it's going to take, but they're just such a quality product, they have to at some point. Yeah. I think the main reason they haven't really caught on is because people are freaked out by bidets. Like Most Americans mm-hmm. have never encountered a bidet in person, probably. Yeah, true. I only have in Japan. I've never encountered one in the United States that I recall. Yeah. And the price might be a little intimidating. I mean, toilets are kind of expensive anyways if you're getting the full porcelain. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like just a matter of time. I've seen conversations online. Like, people in the U.S. will be talking about toilets and somebody's like, Everybody, listen to me. I got a Japanese toilet. They're the best thing in the world. Like people really fall in love with them once they get one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you would think that they might have caught on more in Europe because they might be more used to bidets. It looks like they haven't really caught on there either. I saw some reasons for that might be, for one, standalone bidets are more common. So the Japanese bidets have more competition. Yep. In some places, there's not enough space to install a Japanese toilet. For all those features, you might need slightly more space. They might stick out from the wall a little bit further. 
And depending on where you are in Europe, there's a lot of old buildings yeah. where everything's just going to be smaller and tighter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some places also have laws about having power outlets that close to water. So it might not be legal to install an outlet to plug in your toilet. Interesting law. Okay. Yeah. You splash some water on an outlet, that can be bad, right? I suppose. I don't know. I've always been in like kitchens that have outlets right above the sink or whatever. It's never been a problem before. True. Anyways, Anyways. I don't know. Maybe it's a good law. Maybe not. I'm, yeah. I'm ignorant. I'm not an electrician or a plumber. <laughs> so should we talk about some of the accessories surrounding the bathroom experience in Japan? Yeah, we definitely should. Uh, there's a couple notable bathroom accessories in Japan that you don't see in the rest of the world. Yep. One of them being bathroom slippers or toilet slippers. Yeah, we talked a little bit about these in a very early episode, the planning episode, I think. Yeah, we may have mentioned them. Basically, it comes down to there are clean spaces and dirty spaces in the Japanese mindset. And the bathroom is a dirty space. Mm -hmm. So you're walking around your home either barefoot or I guess with socks or in slippers, probably in slippers. You don't want to wear those slippers into the bathroom because that's a dirty area. And now you're going to wear them back out into the clean area of your home. So there's a special set of slippers you have just inside your bathroom that you change into to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And you'll see these in pretty much any place where you're not wearing shoes. So in homes, but also in hotels, maybe yep. temples if you're using a bathroom there. Some restaurants, you might have to take your shoes off and they'll have bathroom slippers. Yep. And don't be that one Western person that like forgets you're wearing the bathroom slippers and then you walk back out to the normal space still wearing your bathroom slippers. That will be embarrassing All the Japanese you. people are going to be like, oh no. Somebody might even point it out. Yeah. Yep, they, they probably will. <laughs> so that's understandable. Yep. What else they got? Okay. There's something called the Sound Princess or Otohime. This one blew me away. It's, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. So before this thing was invented, women in Japan are using the bathroom. Like if they're in a public bathroom, they're embarrassed by the sounds that they're making. So they would flush the toilet over and over and over again, like the entire time they're in the bathroom to cover up whatever sounds they're making. I saw the average woman in Japan flushes 2.4 times per bathroom trip Wow! in a public restroom. That is very wasteful of water. It's funny the things people get embarrassed about between each culture. It is, yeah. Yeah, they seem like, to be very nervous about the sounds they're making in the bathroom. That's something everybody does. Like, what's there to be embarrassed about? We all know why you're in there. Yeah. We all know what you're doing in there. Yeah. Like, covering the sound up doesn't, doesn't mean anything. And the way I think, if I hear you flushing over and over and over again, I'm going to think something else is up. Like, that's, that's weirder than the normal noises you would be hearing, you know? Yeah. So they even actually made public service announcements and, like, public you know, information campaigns to try to tell people, like, you got to stop flushing so much. It's such a huge waste of water. But it didn't work. People were so used to flushing and so, I guess, embarrassed about it that they just wouldn't stop doing it. So, to try to curb that problem, 
In the 1980s, they introduced this sound princess, which is a device that makes a flushing sound without actually flushing the toilet. So it's, you know, it's covering up your noises, but you're not actually wasting a bunch of water. Yeah, so there's this little button you push in the restroom and makes a flushing sound over a speaker. Mm-hmm. It can be built into the toilet or it might be a separate unit on the wall. So this is actually not a new thing. I saw that dating all the way back to the Edo period, they had these really big jugs. And when like a lord or a daimyo or someone important was using the bathroom, a servant would open the nozzle on the jug so that this big stream of water would fall out and hit water below it to make a really loud noise to cover up any of the sounds of the Lord defecating. Wow. So it goes back. I had no idea it was so old. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's amazing how long cultural things just hold on sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. Now it's got me thinking of like North Korea. And they're like, Kim Jong-un doesn't poop or pee. Do they say that? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he doesn't it, defecate. He's like it doesn't the perfect surprise human. Me. I've heard a lot of weird stuff about him. It's just like, that's the weirdest thing. You hit a hole in one the first time you played golf or something like that? He hit a hole in one on all, every hole. <laughs> yeah. This is his first and only round playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so the, the sound princess... Sounds like a good idea, I guess, to save a bunch of water. But I saw that even today, some women think that it sounds too artificial, and they still prefer to just continuously flush the toilet over and over. Too artificial? You're flushing the toilet eight times in a row. Everybody knows what you're doing. Yeah, what's the difference? Like, How is it more shameful to use this little fake flushing sound thing rather than it doesn't make sense to me. you do all this research on other cultures and you try to be open-minded and understanding but every once in a while you run into something where it's just like what (laughs) that that happens it's interesting yep so they do have urinals in japan too yeah we haven't talked about that yet they're basically similar to urinals in the rest of the world Tend to be mounted slightly lower. That would make sense. The average Japanese person is a little shorter than a lot of other places. Yeah. Honestly, the most interesting thing about urinals I saw was that apparently British people sometimes pronounce it urinal. I think I've heard that. <laughs> I was watching Japanology. And oh. The narrator was like, in the urinals. I'm like, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's all I got about urinals. If that's the most interesting thing, did you not read about the female urinals? I heard that they weren't popular. Yeah, it's not a big thing. They you, you won't run into them, but apparently there were attempts in the mid 1900s to popularize them. They even put some in the National Olympic Stadium that they built for the 1964 Olympics in Tokyo. I mean, a female urinal like how different is that from a squat toilet? I actually looked up pictures of these things. It looks a lot like a a male urinal, except that kind of the bowl reaches out a lot further and kind of curves. Like you could kind of stand over it, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. You could stand. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. They're weird. Didn't catch on. Maybe for a reason. Yep. So if you are visiting Japan... It's not hard to find toilets at all. They're all over the place. You can find them in department stores, grocery stores, at parks. 
Every convenience store pretty much has a toilet in there. Train stations, temples, any touristy spot is going to have toilets all over the place. They're generally very clean and comfortable. But it's also a good idea to know how to ask where you can find a toilet just in case. Yeah, that'd be good to know. I got some tips for you. There are a lot of words that can refer to the toilet just like in English. Probably the easiest one to remember is toire, because it comes from the English word toilet. Yeah. Toire. 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 So you can ask, toire wa doko desu ka? Where's the toilet? Where's the toilet? If you want to, you know, memorize a phrase, that's the easiest one. Or you could even just say, toire wa, and kind of look at them with a desperate look in your eye, and they might, they'll probably get the idea like, oh, oh, you, you need a toilet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another word you might hear is oteirai, which translates directly to hand washing, kind of like saying washroom or restroom. The polite way to ask for the toilet. Yeah. And there are other, other words you might hear. Keshoshitsu is a powder room. Benjo is more plain. I think you could kind of compare that to calling it like the John or the Lou. It's <laughs> okay. kind of a less refined <laughs> word, maybe. <laughs> and another important thing to note is that they often do not have soap in public restrooms in Japan. Yeah, sometimes no paper towels either. Yeah. So some Japanese people carry handkerchiefs with them for this reason. Mm -hmm. Some even carry soap. Yeah, not and a bad idea. A lot of them just briefly rinse their hands off and shake them clean and call it a day. Yeah. I have no idea why this is. It just is. Yeah. I mean, Japan is generally so careful about cleanliness and stuff. It does seem unusual for them to oh, just forego that part of it. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe with maybe with the virus these days, next time we go back to Japan, there'll just be soap everywhere. Maybe. Yeah. And it, I mean, it depends on the bathroom. Kind of the higher end you get or the, the fancier places you go, the more likely you are to find soap. And yeah. Towels. If you're in like a nice shopping mall, like there's going to be soap and paper towels in the bathroom. Yeah. Or maybe even a hand dryer that blows air or something. Yeah. We're mostly talking like train stations. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, Got some other places where you can check out cool toilets. If you're flying into or out of Narita Airport, check out the Toto Gallery in Terminal 2. You can try out Toto's newest models. Ooh. The most high-tech ones. Uh, if you're in Kita Kyushu, Paul mentioned the Toto Museum earlier, where you can learn about the history of the toilets. Is that the place where I saw pictures of, like, a bunch of toilets in a row? Like, they show each generation of them? Yeah, of? I'm pretty sure they've got that. Yeah. And if you want to learn more and do your own research, it's kind of crazy how much literature there is out there in English about Japanese toilets. I found so many articles about like every little thing about Japanese <laughs> toilets. It's amazing. There's a lot out there. Yeah. I've got one last interesting fact. What's that? That, you know, you don't plug a toilet in in America, but you've got to plug a wash lid in. Mm-hmm. So washlets are estimated to consume 5% of household energy in Japan. It's kind of a lot, I guess, right? I thought it was when I first saw the number, but then I thought about it and I was like, one twentieth, you know, do you, yeah. do you even have 20 things plugged in? Maybe like yeah. one twentieth isn't that high but yeah. for something that takes no energy for ours. Yeah. It is a big difference. Zero to 5%. You might spend a 20th of your waking life in the bathroom. That's probably not unreasonable, right? Yeah. If you got one of the smarter ones that 
doesn't heat the seat like in the downtimes and stuff you yeah. you could probably cut that number yeah did you say that was an average yeah yeah estimated average cool well, that's all i got on toilets yeah me too i hope you get a chance to try them out sometime because they're pretty great yep agreed you have a little extra money to spend just go on amazon get one you won't be disappointed yep if you want to reach out to us, tell us about your experience on Japanese toilets. Send an email to feedback at sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. I know I have at least one or two pictures of toilets that I can post on our Instagram, SJP Podcast. What are we talking about next time, Paul? Next episode is uh, Japanese folklore. That sounds fun. Japanese folklore has a lot of interesting stuff in there. Yeah, the more and more I learned. Yeah. Especially after that Tanuki episode. Oh, man, there's so much out there. Yeah. It's fun to see how it connects to the modern day in a lot of unexpected ways. Yeah, for sure. All right. That'll be fun. Thanks for listening. See you next time.